Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders for the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And I think that we would all agree that over the last several decades, we have been witnessing the slow disintegration of the American family. Over the last decade, it is apparent that that disintegration has accelerated with the erosion of basic moral values. A truth that becomes more apparent as the decline increases is that a society or a nation is truly only as strong as its core as the families that comprise the nation or society. And over the years, our politicians have come up with all sorts of big budgeted programs and plans designed to help strengthen the American family. All of them have failed and failed miserably because all of the programs have failed to start with the real source of family values. To rebuild or to strengthen the family, it is absolutely essential that people turn to the one who created the family in the first place and made it the basic unit of society. It was God who created Adam and Eve and brought them together, thereby creating the first family. Let's watch that happen in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this cause a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. It was God who commanded them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That's Genesis 1 and verse 28. God established the family. God ordained that the family should be the backbone of any and all societies. He made it that way. So the important question is not what plan or program does the government have for the family. The important question is, what plan does God have for our families? My friends, God wants the family to be the place where values are instilled. Much is heard today about the need for values. Many turn to school and demand value education. Others turn to different government institutions to try to teach both children and adults, unfortunately, the difference between right and wrong and why we should choose the right, even something as basic as stopping when a policeman says stop. 
The reason we are hearing all of this is because the values are not being taught in the best and most powerful place in which they should be taught. They are not being taught in the place that God decreed they should be taught. They are not being taught in the home, which is where their very foundations must be laid. I'm not saying anything that we don't already know and haven't learned before. The problem is in the application. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, Paul wrote, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Parents in God's plan are charged with the responsibility of disciplining and instructing their children. They are to instill within their kids a sense of honor and respect for them, the parents. Children are to be obedient to parents and are to learn to respect them. These are the very values that seem to be missing in our society today. Honor, respect, obedience, nurturing. So many families are run by the children and not by the parents. If a child doesn't get what he or she wants, they pitch a fit, behave in a totally obnoxious and inappropriate manner, and then the parents give in. If families would respond to God's plan and live by it, our society would undergo a profound change away from the selfish violence that seems to characterize it now to a respect for each other. These values are passed to the children in subtle ways, good and bad. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4-7, through 7, we find Moses saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise up. Notice that Moses was making this statement as he was doing so, he was essentially explaining the process whereby values are instilled. It begins with the realization that God is, that he is our God and that he commands our lives. These facts should not only be stated, but be demonstrated in a lifestyle that speaks of God, thinks of God, and talks about God. Moses even told us how to do this. He spoke of talking about God even in such informal settings as walking along, eating, getting out of bed in the morning or going to bed at night, including God at meals through prayers of thanksgiving accomplishes much in the way of instilling values. Teaching the children to play, pray before closing their eyes to sleep is another simple step in instilling good and true values. I happen to believe that while it is tremendously important to verbalize our values to our children, it is perhaps even more important that we model those values. When I think back over my own childhood, I don't recall a lot of conversations dealing specifically with values such as honesty, integrity, and character. But I saw those values in action every single day through my mom and dad. They instilled in me values that I learned by observing, accompanying, and imitating both of my parents. Children learn so much more by example than they do by lectures and sermons. If the home life is not what it should be, then all the lessons in the world taught by all the best teachers are going to fall on deaf ears. What takes place in the home sets the values children adopt, and let me say that 
in families that, due to circumstances, are one-parent families. The same fine job can be done and is being done by many that I know and have known over the years. God wants the home to be a place of refuge. If we turn to Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 21 and reading all the way through chapter 6 and verse 4, we would find a discussion by Paul of marriage and childbearing. In it, he constantly refers to an atmosphere in which family members are safe and protected. For instance, in Ephesians 5 and verse 22, we are told, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. A husband is not going to feel threatened by a wife who submits. In verse 25, Paul said, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. A wife is not going to be afraid of a husband who would give his very life for her. Consider also verses 28 and 29. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. A wife is not going to feel uneasy with the husband who truly treats her as he wants to be treated himself. From chapter 6 and verse 1 of Ephesians, we know that parents are not going to be made unhappy or be pressured by children who honor them. Look at verse 4. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. For the most part, children are not going to turn out to be angry young men and women when raised in a family that nurtures them. A family is to be a group of people who make it safe to live, to work, to worship, to succeed, and to occasionally fail without threat or intimidation or fear. Children in the home should feel safe from abuse. That does not mean that when a child deserves to be punished, they will not be punished. But it does mean that they should not have to fear for their physical or emotional well-being. Every child deserves to feel safe to come home, even when that child is in trouble and facing punishment. I never enjoyed facing my dad when I was in trouble, but I was never physically afraid of him. I mean, I knew my dad could permanently hurt me if he chose to do so, but I also knew he never would. I learned that my parents loved me when I succeeded, and they loved me when I failed. They would discipline, they would love, they would forgive. Every child deserves that. A wife should have the same sense of safety. It is interesting to me that when Adam met his bride, the Bible tells us, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. The first couple initially had no barriers between them. No matter how pretty or ugly he or she was, no matter how thin or obese, no matter how short or tall, Eve accepted and loved Adam, and Adam accepted and loved Eve. I believe initially, before the entering of sin, God wanted the relationship completely transparent and open both physically and emotionally and not be at all at risk. He still wants it to be that way. In too many homes, spouses are afraid to be open or honest with each other. In far too many instances, they are afraid of anger, maybe even violence. What a shame. Every marriage should be built upon the foundation of the man and wife being together, completely open and honest with one another, and not having to be afraid. Back in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 27, Paul, speaking of Christ, wrote that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, 
but that she should be holy and blameless. Think about that for a minute. Through his death, Jesus made it possible for people to become all the Father wants us to be, pure and holy. In the same way, husbands should, in a sense, die to self so that their wives can shine in all their glory and become all that God wants them to be. Wives should do the same for husbands and parents the same for their children. I believe that a family should be a safe place to risk being more, knowing more, trying more, and learning more. Some families are so critical, so harsh, so discouraging that no one ever really succeeds. A family built on God's plans encourages its members to grow physically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. I want my wife to be happy, satisfied, and to accomplish all she can in life for herself, for us together, for the kids, and more importantly, for God. I wanted and still want my children to do more than I have, to know more than I have, even to experience love more than I have. I wanted and still want them to know God better and to serve Him better than I have even after long being gone. I wanted and still want my family designed after God's pattern to be the place where all of this can happen. Finally, over and over in Ephesians 5, Paul gave the key to having a family based on God's plan. In verse 22, he wrote, as to the Lord. In verse 24, to Christ. In verse 25, we find, just as Christ also loved the church. In chapter 6 and verse 1, we see, in the Lord. And in chapter 6, verse 4, we see, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The key to all family functioning is having God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at the center. So, wives submit not because their particular Prince Charming deserves it, but because that is what Jesus wants. Husbands die to self, not because their particular bride is wonderful and perfect, but because Jesus wants it. Children obey parents not because parents are always right, but because in the Lord that is what we are asked to do. Parents are loving and steadfast, not because the kids are always perfect and deserve such good parents, but because that is the will of God. This means that the family is the training ground for being Christians. It is at home that we learn about mercy, grace, righteousness, and faithfulness. It is at home that we learn about turning the other cheek, going the second mile, and even occasionally relinquishing our rights for the good of others. And we learn all of this because it is God's will, and no one will ever come up with a better plan. In the family, God's plan is the only plan that works. Thanks for listening.